Good afternoon. It's five o'clock on the button. This is the After School Book Club, show number 12 overall. This is our 102nd live radio show, and we're so thrilled to have Dan Walker with us. Welcome. It's Wednesday, the 14th of April. Listening to Maria and Russell. This is the After School Book Club on LearnRadio.net. It certainly is, folks, and we'd love to hear from you this afternoon. If you want to text us, you can. Our text number is 07-8600-26400. Texts are free from most UK mobiles, and your data is safe with us. Honest Gov, it so is. Uh, today's show is hosted by Maria and myself. Good afternoon, Maria. How has your day been? Oh, it's been busy. Good afternoon. It's just been... Where's the time gone? It's Wednesday already. Can you believe it? I know. We are only chatting a few minutes ago, and that seems like hours and hours. My goodness, this is the After School Book Club, folks. It's our last show during the holidays. Next week, it's back into school time as well. Thoroughly looking forward to that. More details about that later on this evening. We have Mr. Dan Walker with us, who's written three amazing books. Sky Thieves, you probably know that one as well. Desert Thieves, bit of a theme running along there as well. And uh, the most recent one, The Light Hunters. And this evening, you are most welcome to ask him about any of those titles. I'm sure he won't mind at all, but we are focused on The Light Hunters as well. Uh, most schools in uh, uh, England are still on holiday. Schools in Wales are back. Borodar, Priyanandar, to you as well. Lovely to have you with us if you are joining us this evening in Wales. It's a great opportunity to explore your reading list. Everything is on the show page, folks. We create a unique show page for each time we broadcast learnradio.net forward slash dan walker and everything you will find there as well so light hunters folks it's a thrilling read you will not be able to put it down so expect and set a lots of time aside because maria just could not stop herself reading i have to say now, often described as a real page turner i do love that phrase i have to say it's packed with action that will simply pull you in we love the teaching resources on dan's site too and i'll give you some details about that just go to danwalkerauthor.com that's danwalkerauthor.com for slash resources and you'll find loads of light hunter badges to download and if you've not started the book that won't mean anything to you at the moment but it will once you've started as well activity packs we particularly like those as well and a full-sized poster my goodness of some squad activity pack well done to you dan we absolutely love that we love the book maria what did you enjoy most about this title Oh, I, I actually couldn't put it down. I mean, I thought, right, I'll just, I'll read until the next chapter and then I'll go and make some dinner. No, I couldn't. I had to read on to the next chapter. In fact, I had to fin- I had to finish the whole book before I actually made dinner on Sunday. I mean, it was just jam-packed and it was it was fabulous. There's um, not too much of a spoiler alert, but um, there was an archer in it. Now, I am an archer myself, so mm. I was really excited to see that in the book. Just absolutely fabulous. And now that, now that I've got all those resources as well, I might even print myself a poster, put it on my bed. They are good, I have to say. It's it's not usually done. I'm delighted to see that. He's really well connected. We'll talk to him in a second live. He's really well connected with his audience. And I love that where folks go out of the way to provide some really compelling resources for you as a learner and for you as an educator as well. Uh, Really good. There's also a brilliant Q&A session on that, almost an hour long, I have to say. Really enjoyed listening to that as well. DanWalkerAuthor.com. And he's here, folks. Put your hands together to welcome him to the show. Good afternoon. Look, they're clapping already ahead of this as well. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. How's your day been? Uh, lovely, thank you. Yeah, I managed to get out for a walk earlier in the sunshine in the, in the Midlands. So, yeah, it was, it was really nice. But a good day, thank you. Oh, bless. Just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, a bit of background, interest, just so we can introduce yourselves to our lovely listeners, please, Dan. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as you guys have mentioned, I'm a children's author. I generally write uh, fantasy because that's what I've always enjoyed, although I do sort of have a little sci-fi science fiction bent as well to my writing. Um, 
I come from Derby, so I live in the Midlands. I live sort of on my way to Nottingham now. Um, and I've sort of worked in schools and libraries and bookshops, but my life's always revolved around books and stories. I've always loved them since I was a kid. And to be honest, I'm still a big kid with them now. I read anything I can get my hands on. So that's that's me. And I, I started writing books and then lucky enough to get a couple published. And, and that's my job now. I'm a children's author. A very good job indeed, and you make a brilliant, a brilliant uh, a role of it, I have to say. Well done. Congratulations. Absolutely loved it. Maria, you've got our first question today. Thank you, Russell. Yes, and um, welcome, Dan. It's just such Thank a you. pleasure to speak to you, especially as I've just read your book, you know, so recently. I, I mean, it's such uh, an honour. And, and I've just been on your website as well, and I've seen those little badges, and I shall be, um, I shall be making my little, um, my little archer badge. Maria loves the badges. She loves the badges, Dan. She loves the badges. We, we might have to do a crafty cafe show as well yes. on this. We did one a couple of weeks ago with Tamsin Maury's Weather Weaver. Leave it with me, Dan. I'll, I'll, I'll get <laughs> on it. I'll get on it with my me. craftiness. Now, as I mentioned earlier on the show, I mean, the chapter, Dan, I mean, it leaves the reader with no option but to have to read on. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's fabulous. Not, well, fabulous for, you know, for, for you. Fabulous for a reader as well, you know, who loves books. You know, was this intentional? Yeah, well, it, like I say, it's... It, I, I used to read a guy who's an adult writer called Kurt Vonnegut, who's a bit of a, a kooky, strange fella from the 70s and the 80s. But one thing he did is he's, his writing went on. He wrote more and more books. He started to write shorter and shorter tra- chapters, some of them only a page long, some of them two or three pages long. But I noticed myself that when I would read those books, it, it was just like, it, it was like eating chocolate. You just wanted more, 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 more in your face. Give me more of those. So you just keep turning and you'd look at the next chapter and you kind of go, well, that's quite short. I'll give that one a read. And then like you say, you read another one. And so um, so I kind of thought of that when I was first writing books and, and do that. You know, I do those short chapters as well. There is another reason for it as well, which is that a lot of writers... I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but I know from reading quite a few biographies of writers and stuff that a lot of writers do around 2,000-ish words a day, which mm-hmm. is about the length of my chapters. So generally what happens is I'll write a chapter-ish a day um, and that'll end up being a chapter in the book. Um, so yeah, those are the main two reasons, but definitely on purpose. Oh, it's, it's just so interesting hearing you talk about it because, um, you know, when you first start a book, you don't know the characters, you don't know where anything's going. So it takes a little bit of time. But once you're in, you're in, you know, and there are so many great books out there with, with you know, with the hidden past, isn't there, Russell? Absolutely, there is. And we were very interested and we often hear stories of young people who have a hidden past or family history in the book or even a hidden power, if you like. Why was it important for Lux to have a hidden past? Um. I think it's most books that I enjoy, whether or not they're a crime book or a mystery book, have a mystery at the heart of them. I, I only read Harry Potter for the first time a few years ago. I'm a children's author that had never read it up to that point. <laughs> but what I noticed was that each one of her books, they're actually mystery books. Mm. You know, you've got the school setting, but really there's a mystery running through the book. And it's that mystery of those questions, who, what, when, where, why, where did that come from? Uh, why is that important now? Um, you know, where did that originate etc it's those questions that drag you through a book i think and you want to work out what happens at the end um so i i like to give each of the characters really a little bit of a mystery about them so that they are a little bit enigmatic they are interesting it gives the reader something to actually partake in the story you know they can they can get themselves involved rather than just watching it they can work things out um so yeah definitely i think that's really important in the story that element of mystery it's certainly what makes me race through a book well if you're writing that many words a day i mean you raced and we raced to read it it's very interesting <laughs> but a joint racing there as well now maria you've got an interesting question about phrases in the book oh do you know this phrase just warmed my heart it was just so brilliant when i saw it because i'm bilingual so i you know i can speak you know england in england i can speak english i can speak <laughs> on english, some days not very, not very well obviously so and i speak spanish spanish is my first language and i speak polish as well but you know the phrase that i always use is chocolate teapot i really like that phrase but when i saw you wrote when you wrote an ice cream fireplace i mean i'm going to start yeah. using that from now on where did you come up with that idea 
I think again, funnily enough, it come. It, 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 I mean, it came from my brain as as all the stuff does when you write it. But it, it, that idea, that kind of silly joke, is another big mm. Kurt Vonnegut thing. That author I talked about earlier, the adult one. Um, he he just liked those silly little images like that. Um, a little bit of Red Dwarf as well. There was an old sitcom. I'm yeah, sure you yes. guys know. Yes. It. Yeah. And 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 the writers of that, Doug Naylor and Rob some robert grant i think his name was i might be wrong there but um they like those silly little similes and metaphors and images like that as well so i think i i, I love that show growing up so my influences that little silly humor sort of percolates in your brain and then when you need that that like that little joke in the paragraph that's where that will come from but yeah i like that one I, oh, I, I know which one you mean. <laughs> I mean. absolutely loved it. And that's such a, because I'm a primary school teacher, you see, and I would certainly use that in the classroom with your book because, you know, what other phrases could you use? You know, there is a useless object, you know, a chocolate teapot, an ice cream fireplace. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. just, it's just fabulous. So I think, I think we're going to. Sorry, I, I actually remember coming up with that and it was fun. Like you say, I, I came up with three or four of them before I picked the one I liked. So uh, it would definitely be useful in the primary school. Yeah, setting. just yeah. thinking yeah, of yeah, a, a colander face mask. There we are. That's exactly. A, that's those kind of, yeah. You could have so much fun with it. What a lovely introduction to some some literacy exercises. I love that. I think that's really clever. Yeah. Really, really clever. I, they, I vaguely recollect one from uh, Sky Thieves as well that said, something was as useless as a coat hanger in a sock drawer which i quite like as well which again is a similar joke you know I'm writing that one down of... getting that one down that's really good that's really good maria yeah. there's a game for us to play there we i really... think there is i think there is useless <laughs> as a coat hanger in a sock drawer i like that gonna go into underpants as well that's a good laugh as well now uh, yeah, folks yeah. it's time for a reading we have asked dan to read from the book and that is up next live with us it is 12 minutes past five there's a chance for you to ask Dan a question just go to the show page learnradio.net forward slash Dan Walker there are some Padlet pages on there we don't even need to know your address or your real name just pop your first name or how you want to be called in the first box and your question underneath and he'll be taking your questions after his reading this is the after school book club from learnradio.net So, Dan, what have you? Uh, what are you going to read for us today from the book? So, I'm going to read you chapter one, the very first chapter of Lovely. The Light Hunters. Lovely. We're ready when you are. Thank you so much again. Okay. Chapter one. If there's one thing I am absolutely and utterly sure about, said Maya Murphy, ducking under her desk on the classroom floor, it's that Mr. Winter is a monster. If anyone's a monster around here, said Lux Dowd, it's you. Maya checked her watch. I mean, look at the time. She pushed the device up to Lux's face. Does that not say five to three? Yeah. And what time do we finish school? Three. And how long did the last monster drill take? Lux thought back to the previous time their teacher had got them to overturn their desks and practice in case of a monster attack. Half an hour? Exactly. For Lux, it had been a long day. Not only was Maya in one of her moods, but their regular teacher, Mr. Garside, had been off sick with a stomach bug. In his absence, Lux and his classmates had suffered through yet another day of grumpy Mr. Winter. And now, just five minutes from the bell, when they'd all been about to go home, Mr. Winter had announced a monster drill. Even Lux had to admit it was ice cold. Now remember, children, said Mr. Winter crisply, standing with his hands on his hips. What's the most important thing to do during a monster drill? The kids replied as one. Don't panic. Louder? Don't panic. Mr. Winter walked up and down the line of tables. I hope everyone's safely tucked away. He nudged a pair of boots at his feet, prompting a small girl to shuffle backwards. These monsters all have excellent eyes, you know. They can see a child from over a mile away. Lux and Maya backed up against the wall. Does he think we haven't done this before? Whispered Maya irritably. She was right. Lux could recall 12 monster drills that year and more the previous. To most of his classmates, they were a complete waste of time. But Lux knew better. Indeed, the last time a monster had crashed into town, a slavering three-headed Cerberus as big as a house... Lux had lost both his parents and his sister. Even the light hunters had been unable to save them. 
Still, why their teachers considered it vital to practice a monster drill every single month, Lux had no idea. Especially not, he thought, at five to three on a Friday afternoon. Maya took a pair of metal compasses out of her back pocket and started to scratch absently at the table leg. Are we still set for tonight? Shh, said Lux, looking quickly at Mr. Winter. Don't worry, you can't hear us. Yes, but someone else might. Maya looked at the boy under the table with them. He was staring curiously at the rubber end of his pencil, as if it might turn into a cat. She gave Lux a, have I made my point, Look, Seriously, we all set? Yes, Lux sighed. I've nicked those black jumpers off the other girls at the orphanage. We should be able to sneak in. The library won't know us hit it. We're not going to hit it, said Lux, frowning. Look, Maya, if you can't take this seriously. Maya sat up straight. I can, I can. I want to come, especially if it's really there. I said, I think it'll be there. Oh, that'll do. You'll have to be sensible, warned Lux. Maya spread her arms, elbowing the boy with the pencil. Sensible is my middle name. Numpty, more like, thought Lux affectionately. He caught his reflection in the classroom door window. His messy mouse-blonde hair hung around his ears and he had dark bags under his blue-green eyes. Lux had stayed up late the past few evenings, long after his grandpa and the old man's live-in carer, Miss Hart, had gone to bed, planning his and Maya's mission into the town library. This one was important. He had to get it right. <clears throat> Lux blinked. Mr. Winter had returned from the other end of the classroom and was crouching in front of them. Yes, sir? Looks down, are you with us? Yes, sir, I'm with you. Are you sure? Because for a minute there, I thought you'd seen a monster. Only you, sir. Maya giggled. Fortunately, Mr. Winter seemed to have missed Lux's joke. He looked at Maya with a confused expression, then back at Lux sternly. Have you two remembered it's a test next week? We can't wait, sir, said Lux. Is that right? Mr. Winter held Lux's innocent gaze. Then he saw Maya's carving in the table leg. His brow furrowed. Who did this? Lux and Maya didn't respond. I'll ask again, who did it? Mr. Winter pointed at the table leg. Lux turned so he could see. Carved messily into the wood were two words and a symbol. Light hunters. Who was it? Lux looked at Maya, whose eyes were wide, panicked. Maya, said Mr. Winter, I've warned you three times today about your behaviour. This seems like just the kind of thing you'd do. Maya said nothing. The headmistress takes graffiti very seriously. If she found out a student had been carving light hunters into one of her tables, she'd be extremely unhappy. If I was responsible, I'd own up now. Better a detention with me at the school play this evening than a visit to the head's office. Lux looked again at Maya, who was rigid with fear. She'd been in trouble so often that year that the owner of her orphanage, Mrs. Piper, had threatened to ground her if she got in trouble again. Lux took a deep breath. It was me, sir. Mr. Winter looked at Lux. You? Yes, sir. You? Yes, sir. Mr. Winter studied the carving. You've clearly been spending too much time with this one. He nodded at Maya. I'd have expected it from her, but not you. Sorry, sir. Mm. Mr. Winter chewed his lip absently as he considered what to do. Well, seeing as it's a one-off, I'll let you off a detention. But if I see anything like this again, you'll be in big trouble. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Get some sandpaper out of my desk drawer. You're not going anywhere until all that's gone. Mr. Winter fixed Lux with a final disappointed stare and continued down the line of tables. Lux breathed a sigh of relief. Thank you, said Maya. You owe me, said Lux irritably. Why did you do that anyway? He ran his fingertips over the carving in the table leg. You know what people think about light around here. I don't care, said Maya bluntly. My friend's uncle says he know, knew one of the light hunters. He said they were never as bad as everyone says. I think the whole hating light hunters thing's baloney anyway. Maybe if we weren't so mean and horrible to them in this town and we let them defend us, we wouldn't have to keep doing monster drills every ten minutes. Speaking of which, Maya tapped her watch impatiently. Class ended ten minutes ago. Be happy you're not here all night. Maya elbowed looks in the ribs, but he didn't feel it. His attention was focused on the words she'd carved into the table. 
He traced them in his mind, recalling everything he'd learned about the Light Hunters from the secret books he kept in his wardrobe. And he smiled. Oh, amazing. Loved it. I, I love how you did the voices. I love when readers do the voices because I'm immediately, I'm in that classroom. And and actually, I'm really interested about, you know, why the teacher would have some sandpaper in his desk drawer. You know, that's, I'm just, why would you? Why would he have that? I guess I'm thinking whenever I write a teacher in my books, I'm thinking of a specific teacher um, who was my English teacher when I was at secondary school. He was this tall man with kind of a waterfall haircut and a, a sort of tan jacket. But he, he was one of those people whose pockets were so full of things that you could imagine anything could come out of them, a bit of a Mary Poppins bag. So I guess when I think of a teacher, I think of them as being well-prepared like him. You know, one of those guys. We are well prepared, I have to say. I mean, in my yeah. desk drawer, I mean, I have a, a, a variety of different things. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, at one point I might have had some sandpaper. <laughs> I was say, get fabulous. to the DIY store and go grab some. Yeah. Yeah. But don't forget, he's yes. a cover member of staff, so he's covering the class. And so I think that's a real tribute for cover staff that they turn up with sandpaper. <laughs> Just I in case. Love yeah. it. Love it as well. Yeah, I like that. Oh, you never know when you're going to need it. Wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. That was great. So we're back oh, after this, folks, to chat more about this amazing book, The Light Hunters with Dan. And if you'd like to comment or just ask Dan a question about the poems, just like we've been doing, um, you know, not the poems, the um, the like the sandpaper, you know, anything that comes up, you know, just write on the show padlet. Um, head over to learnradio.net forward slash Dan Walker to find today's show page and pop us a message on that padlet all you've got to do is click on that pink circle with the plus button put your first name in the top box and your question or your comment below and when you're happy with your text you just have to click onto the background and we'll approve it and while you're doing this why not enjoy this fabulous music track with one light on welcome to the after school book club from learnradio.net Hope you enjoyed that. All the music chosen by yours truly this evening. That was Dido Hunter. Do you see what I did there with the song choice? Hunter. I just underlined that three times. I thought it was really clever, but you can applaud quietly on your own if you want as well. Uh, thanks so much indeed for getting in contact with us on the contact padlet. Really enjoyed that as well. Mrs. Richard's been in contact. We love the book club. We're still on holiday here and I'm going to listen to the show and share this book with my colleagues. Bless you, Mom. Thank you so much. Thanks for offering us a show in the break. Well, we did one last week as well, though, Mrs. Richards and you obviously didn't listen to that one but thanks very much for that as well it's still available on catch up uh, good uh, keep up the good work we are very welcome Mrs Richards thank you so much indeed do get in contact with us folks if you want that uh, Lorraine has been in contact another great author for me to get to know missed the first 15 minutes of the show as she was at her granddaughter's 13th birthday well many happy returns to your granddaughter uh, today happy 13th birthday there uh, but enjoyed the reading and we'll catch up later as as ever, Lorraine, everything is always up again for you to enjoy. Maria, what do you have on the main page? Thank you. So, Dan, we've got some questions coming in live from our listeners. And this is from Simon. Simon says, Simon says, it's a game, isn't it? <laughs> Simon said, uh, pick up your pencil. No, Simon said, loved this book. It works really well for his year six, more able readers. And there's lots to talk about afterwards, too. So, Dan, the question to you is, what might we expect from you in Light Hunters 2? Holy moly, that's a, wow. that's a, that's a tough question. Loaded to question, that. if you can share with us. Do you know what? I'm not even sure whether I'm meant to talk about whether a Light okay. Hunters 2 is happening. However, okay. I will let a, a little sneaky one away. Is I am writing a book at the minute, um, and it might be called the name of the book that you just mentioned. So no! I've got about oh, well, Simon's few... going to want a prize for that, isn't he? Simon says he's going to want a prize <laughs> for that. Oh, well, okay, we're, we're not telling anyone. We, you won't, shh, we won't tell anyone, will you, Maria? Yeah, no, you're good. I've, I'm nearly finished. I'm nearly Bless finished. I've got a little bit more to do. Probably another month or so's work wow. on it, and then, and then the big, the big sort of editing job afterwards. But on that first draft, I'm getting there slowly but surely. Wow, punchy question there, Maria. Wow, amazing. Thank you so yeah, much, Simon. That's a big start. Oh, really good. Well, we won't say anything to anyone, but I'm sure listeners will be delighted. Libby has been in contact. Can I ask Dan who his favourite character is in the book, please? That's Libby. Ah, oh, that's a tough one. Um. I really like, there's two I like, and I'll probably pick one at the end, but the first one is Maya, who the character you just heard. Um, she's just got a personality. Sometimes when you're making up characters, just 
just some of them click and she really really clicked she's got a really cool personality she's kind of interested in all the tech gadgets and stuff also has an encyclopedic knowledge of light hunters but she sort of she pushes looks a little bit they they sort of take the mickey out of each other but at the start of the book it feels like Maya's sort of the silly one but you realize by the end that actually she's got quite a lot of wisdom to her um so Maya would definitely be one there's also a character towards the end called Lego Maurice um which is a bit of a strange name but uh I like him um just because he's he's a bit of an odd one like I was thinking of the kind of people who would be light hunters these people that battle these huge monsters in the world um and there's lots of young ones and there's lots of kind of slightly older ones but I wanted one that was a real old school kind of fella wears a cowboy hat and just has a very different take on the idea of what a light hunter is and that that job should entail um so between the two I'd probably probably give it to Maya I think I think she's a cool character she's a she's a cool character that a lot of um a lot of kids would identify with a lot so yeah i think i'd pick that one great answer and marie you've got a question from maya as well <laughs> i do she we've got one of our listeners called maya and she says delighted to find myself in a book finally thank you dan oh. so much why did you choose the name <clears throat> yeah that's a good question because uh, i uh, being called dan walker you know you see my name in books quite a lot so i guess with a, a slightly um less common name like maya it doesn't happen very often um a couple of reasons but my wife is polish we sort of discussed this before we, we recorded it my wife comes from poland so I, I like slavic names i like the sound of them and they sound quite exotic to our ears in in britain and the uk um so i often sort of pick that i think there's a character in my first book called dominica which is my wife's name um i also there was an old book series that i read i went on holiday once with my friend they were really kind and they, their family took me on holiday with them um and I, we got there the first couple of days and then i I got really sick and I couldn't leave the hotel room so I was kind of stuck in this hotel room with nothing to do and my friend's auntie she lent me this book um, which was amazing it was this science fiction book at the time it's a big series called Red Mars Green Mars Blue Mars and there's a very strong character strong female character in that book series called Maya um, and she's always made a big impression on me as a reader so you sort of do that as a writer you, you magpie things a little bit you take this from there and that from there and that from there um, so I think it's a it's an unconscious nod to that book that got me through a bit of a weird illness when I was on holiday you know, it's so interesting hearing you say this as an author because in schools that's what we're saying we're saying that you know good writers are good readers you know and we've got oh, a magpie yeah. book as well in the classroom you know and you just you find all these ideas and it's just a collaboration of all these wonderful things that we've heard what yeah. else have we got russell Oh, lots more. And they're coming in thick and fast. Thank you so much. I've just uh, just replied to Lorraine, who was, uh, bless her, was on the wrong Padlet. But we still got it, Lorraine. Don't worry. We are that good. This question's from Megan. Thank you so much. And there's plenty of time, folks. There's no rush. Plenty of time. We've got some more music tracks. There's loads of time to listen uh, to the answers as well. So this will be the last one for the moment. But keep those coming in, please. This is Megan. I love the book, Dan. Uh, Megan says, really fabulous. Where do you get the idea for your character names? Oh, that's very kind, Megan. Um, well, I sort of half answered it there, so they can come from anywhere. Um, sometimes you, sometimes it's really obvious. Mm. Sometimes you come up with a character, you've got the name straight away. It might be the main character. Like, for example, the name Lux of the main character in this yeah. book. Lux is another word for light. Yes. And Dowd, Dowdy is a word for kind of darkness, which sort of means something in this second book that I may or may not be writing. Um, but... <laughs> But uh, we already say what's wrong about that. But, but that one comes really easily. <laughs> then sometimes you'll hit a, a character name that you just don't have a clue. And that's when you start looking around. You think of books that you've read, games that you've played, movies that you've watched. You go on the internet. There's these cool random name generators on the internet. Um, and yeah, you have to be careful when you write books. So one of the one of the sort of tips I got once was that it's not a good idea to have too many with names that begin with the same letter or two because readers like Maria was hinting at a second ago was when you first read in a book you don't know I know them so well because I've been working with these characters for, for a mm. year mm. but readers don't so you, you want to kind of vary up the beginnings of your names that's a good little tip for writing stories for kids um so you're careful in that way but yeah they can they can literally come from anywhere and, and they change as well that's another one but yeah yeah they can come from anywhere honestly anywhere people you know books you've read internet everywhere 
Wow, a random name generator on the interweb. I can't believe that a oh, yeah. massive author like is going to the internet for a random name. I love it. <laughs> I love that. That's accessible because that means that that's accessible to our young listeners as well. So uh, I've got another question here. Lux joins Squad Juno. And in the story, uh, where each of the squad has a different role, which would you be? Would you be a healer, a tech, or a conjurer, or perhaps an archer? And why, Dan? Uh that's a cool question that's that's almost um just before the coronavirus pandemic we i did a lot of um book events up north which was so much fun and that was a question i was asked at pretty much every event is wow. a good question um i would be the, the i would be a healer yeah yeah i would definitely be a healer this is kind of why i wrote looks to be a healer because in in these magic books you often have characters that have the skills of attacking so they can throw lightning bolts they can um you know all this different in parry potter it's full of those attacking magic mm. so i wanted i wanted um, to write a character who was more focused on healing who didn't have that ability to attack um so i think i would be a healer as well it'd be nice to you know every time you you half chop your thumb off when you're chopping the vegetables just be able to quickly throw a little mag uh, a little cast light cast at it and it'll heal itself without going to the hospital and i'm quite clumsy as well so it would help me almost every hour when i bang my head on the door or fall over or something i love it what a great answer wasn't expecting that at all thank you so much that's absolutely brilliant <laughs> uh, maria you've got another question Yes, yes. I, I would I would certainly be. I mean, before I go to my next question, I would like to be the archer. I mean, I'm an archer myself, so That's I would definitely thing, yeah. that would be my thing. And I really like in the story, Dan, as well, that it's not just one person that saves the day. They are they are a team, you know, and yeah. each team member, each squad member has their own unique abilities that they bring, you know. And and I think that's a really important message to hear, you know, our young people to hear, because, you know, we've all got these unique qualities. You know, we shine. Um, ourselves and we don't you know dim the light of anybody else so this is it's a really Definitely, good yeah. message and uh, which leads me on to my my question about light um i seem to be reading lots of books at the moment about lighthouses i don't know what the message is there but we we read a, a book a few weeks ago um didn't we russell about um, a lighthouse with peter bunzel and um i've got loads of books on lighthouses so when this story came up with a lighthouse i thought here it is again here we go again yeah. here we go again so there's there's something in it for me now there is a lighthouse at the beginning of the story where something important is hidden mm. now can i ask you dan why did you choose a lighthouse and the book that you're not writing that you we don't know about um will they will they will they maybe go back to it maybe. um well, why the lighthouse is a good question, actually, because as an author, um, you're kind of it, it's hard work writing the first draft. I'm sure most authors would agree with that. Like you, you've got to basically come up with an entire world and characters and actions and dialogue mm -hmm. in, in one go. Um, so often what your brain will do, and I'm sure a lot of kids do this as well, is they'll jump to the first thing you think of. So you'll be like, oh, library. Um, OK, that's like my library when I was a kid, the local library or the school library. And what you have to challenge yourself to do as an author and, and anybody writing stories really is just try and think of something a little bit different how can you twist it a little bit make it a little bit more interesting um so that's what i did with that that library i had this image of them sort of at the beginning of the book it's not too much of a spoiler to say they have to uh, swim across the harbor to get to this this lighthouse library so i decided to put this this library in this lighthouse and this lovely image of like the the spiral stairs going up just surrounded by books um and stuff like that so yeah that's that's kind of why i chose the lighthouse just to make it a little bit more interesting than the sort of 1970s brick and slate building that was my local uh lighthouse as for is there gonna are they gonna go back to the lighthouse in the second book that one i'm gonna i'm 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 gonna zip my mouth up i'm not gonna say no comment no comment yeah i'll i'll um i'd love to i'd love to give it all away because i'm normally no. like that no, don't give like it away sense, no buy the book yeah, buy the book yeah, folks yeah. that's what you need to do well, that's true yeah definitely. buy the book absolutely right there as well i really really enjoyed yeah. it amazing amazing good answer there as well uh, which of the characters in the story did you find the easiest or the hardest to write Ooh, uh, hardest i guess for me it probably was the grandpa character because uh my family my my mum's 
uh, mom and dad died when, before I was born and um, my dad sort of left my family when I was younger so I didn't end up seeing my grandpa or, or grandma much anymore so for me I'd only got these sort of vague memories of what a grandpa or grandpa was and obviously things I've seen on movies and stuff so for me making that connection between Lux and his grandpa real was was a little bit more difficult um um but you know you just you, you sort of work it out and and get through it but yeah i like i like the character of grandpa and uh, yeah i better not say too much more about no, that okay if that was um, the yeah. if that was the hardest what was the easiest one um maya yeah i think mm. maya is secretly a little bit me she's, she's just a bit odd a bit uh, a bit tech obsessed she's she likes she's just got that good sense of humor yeah i like maya came easily and that's it when when they said which is your favorite character earlier it's often the one that comes easily because it's the one that flows most naturally for you um and often that'll be the character that ends up being your favorite in the book the one that seems the most true the one that sort of came fully formed already mm. you didn't do anything they just appeared on the page for you wow that's amazing maria you've got another question yeah, thank you. I mean, I was really interested at the uh, in chapter one when they have a monster drill, um, you know, because, you know, in schools we have fire drills, you know, we have other kind of drills, but to have a monster drill and that, you know, the characters are a bit blasé about it. It's like they have that all the time. Oh, you know, be a bit more enthusiastic. Again. Here we go again with the monster drill. But we all like to hear stories about monsters being defeated. Do you enjoy monster stories? I mean, as a young person, did you enjoy reading those stories? Um, I think sort of I, I mean a lot of the books that i read as a kid my my first sort of reading was there's there was this book series called the hardy boys which i don't know if you guys remember but they were basically yes. kind of sherlock holmesy detective stories for boys and once i found them in my local library there was this whole shelf of them and it was just every week i would go down there with my mom and my two sisters and we would go and i'd get the next two or three burn through them next two or three burn through them so they were they were a big one for me um along with Enid Blyton books as well. So there wasn't a huge amount of monstery stuff apart from the criminals in these stories. You know, they were kind of, they took the place of the monster um, in the story, the antagonist, the, the bad guy, the bad girl thing. Um, but I definitely like fantasy stories and Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and Smaug mm. and, and creatures like that. So a, a sort of a, those, the, the idea of big, huge monsters kind of... of you know barreling around the world definitely intrigues me and interests me and i play a lot of computer games as well and you see that a lot in computer games because it makes it makes for good uh, good fighting um so yeah i think that's where that came from yeah yeah that sounds really exciting. Thank you so much. I mean, it just reminds me of me, you know, me going to the library um, as well with my sister, devouring books. You know, yeah. libraries libraries are so important, aren't they, Russell? Absolutely. And, and you'll know that Cressida Cowles just launched a £100 million campaign to get uh, some money from the government. Wouldn't we all like some of that, I have to say, uh, to uh, re-empower and get uh, primary school libraries back on track, really, because, you know, we're going to lose a generation of readers. And, and meanwhile, over here at learnradio.net we're already on the case we've spent some of that money because we're you know passionate and right behind it and that's why dan has given up his afternoon folks and he's spending time with us as well uh, we'd like some more questions from you uh, the padlets are all open lorraine's really stuck in and thoroughly enjoying it lorraine really good to have your company as well don't worry you write on whichever padlet you like and i'll just put it in the right place don't worry about a thing we've got plenty of time some more music from us now uh, and i am back with some more questions dan is with us live it's 18 minutes to six this is rick Castley, I need the light. See what I did there? Mmm, Rick Astley. Every Wednesday at 5 pm, it's time for the amazing After School Book Club from LearnRadio.net. It's a quarter to six. Where does the time go when you're having fun with a brilliant author? Thank you so much indeed. Lorraine sounds like a great group of characters in the book. I look forward to reading it. Well, you enjoy it. And there's a buy through click on the website, Lorraine. Make sure you buy the right book. Bless you, my dear. Uh, it's the Dan Walker book you're looking for. It's on the show page there. Learnradio.net. I'm cheeky, aren't I? Forward slash Dan Walker. Uh, we want the right book turning up for you, uh, Lorraine. Uh, do enjoy that as well. Let's go on to the contact padlet, Maria, and let's mop up the rest of the questions what do you have for us thank you russell so we've got a message from casey casey wants to ask dan with your character names do you ever change them once you started or are they set in stone as soon as chapter one is started a good one. Oh yeah no you definitely 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 change them it's weird because when when i'm writing 
once I've written something, I do find it really, really difficult to change it in my brain. It's like, well, that's that's just the way it is. You know, having created the story, that's it couldn't be any other way. That's just the way it is. But um, but you do realise with with some good advice from your agents and your publisher that sometimes it's, it, it does make sense to change the uh, names of characters. For example, in my first book, Sky Thieves, the, the name of the main character and the uh, antagonist, the bad guy, were a bit too similar. Um, so we made a couple of changes there and I think for, for the better. But yeah, it is, it's really strange when you change them. Um, because what you do, like on, on the word processors, is you just find and replace. You've got this great nifty little thing that will change every single mention of that name in the book. But the problem is when you next read it, you don't know who this newcomer is with this strange new name. And you come across them in your book and, and it's just very odd sort of reading through them. But yeah, you definitely have to change them. Um, as I say, the thing about writing is the thing you come up with first isn't always the best thing you can come up with. It's so helpful, you know, for our young people because, you know, it's editing, mm. editing and changing, coming back to it, seeing things anew, you know, it's fabulous. Thank you for that yeah. advice. I've just and thought Russell, of a great a activity. I know, I've just thought of a great activity. Yes. You could take a Prime Minister's speech because it's all published on the uh, House of Commons website and you could do a search and replace and make it really funny. I just thought of a great, <laughs> I hadn't thought of doing that. What a cracking, a cracking activity. Just a search and replace. Just take one word or two words out and swap them over over and see if he gets a funny, almost two ronnie's kind of thing as well what a great thing as well yes i have indeed maria thank you uh, jamie's been on as well thanks a lot jamie long time listener of the show as well and big book club fan as well why did you put maya in an orphanage and put her in such a sad situation good question yeah good question um it's funny as well because i normally try and avoid the orphanage thing a lot of children's the characters start in an orphanage and the reason I always give this when when students ask me this question in schools is because if if your kid has got parents or carers um, it makes it very difficult for them to go on an adventure because what would really happen in the real world is that your kid would your main character would uh, be about to set off on an adventure and the parents would go excuse me where do you think you're going it's time for your bed so it's a good uh, it's a good way of getting the parents out of the way by making your kid uh, making them disappear making them have died at some point in the past or disappeared and they're living in an orphanage um but with maya she was sort of she wasn't really the main character in the book so popping her in an orphanage um was more just giving her something sort of a difficult situation uh, part of writing stories is you have to put your characters into rubbish situations it's what makes it a story you put them into rubbish situations the reader gets to see how they react in those rubbish situations that is character um and and, and for Maya, that was part of that. It was it was how does she cope with um, losing her parents in the monster attacks? It gives her a reason for being angry at these monsters and being so impressed by the light hunters who kind of protect the world against them. Um, so it's a, a helpful way of showing a bit of character is how I would describe it. Brilliant, brilliant. Excellent. What else have we got, Maria? Thanks, Russell. So Casey would like to know, she, um, she asks about the cover art and the design and she'd like to know who's that by. It's a fabulous fabulous piece of artwork isn't it it is cool yeah they, they did a really good job there's a funny story about that actually well I'll, it's by two people to start with i'll tell you the the illustration itself is by a, a chap called george ermos who's a wonderful um artist i think he did uh, bright storm by vashti hardy as well so mm. her books he, he does those kind of covers um and becky at uclan uclan publisher my publisher she's the one who put all the typeface together and laid it all out and everything but when as an author you get sent sort of the initial drafts of the cover to see what you think see if you've got any suggestions make sure they're getting things right and you're happy with it and they sent me this picture that george had drawn and i, I saw it instantly i was like oh my god this is absolutely wonderful i loved it straight away at first sight and it turned out that was his rough sketch that he'd done as a rough idea of what it would become and so later on he he sort of redid it and did it neatly in his absolute best style i would have been perfectly happy with this rough sketch he did um so yeah he's he's a brilliant uh, artist and it captures a lot of what the book is about without being too obvious about it which is really important in a cover um 
yeah, lovely design. I like it a lot. It's gorgeous, and it's it's the sky ships as well in the background. I mean, you see that Russell on the on the front it's of the book. It's stunning. Amazing. It's a really good question, and and I'm just striking that from my question list because I had that question as well. So well done, thank you so much indeed. Uh, Lorraine's also mm. been on as well. Another great author. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Very kind of you. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. Another one. We try and bring only the best, really, and that's our kind of curatorial um, contribution to the show. I have to say, uh, we like to pride ourselves in choosing really good stuff. I mean, it's a good read. We thoroughly enjoyed it. And there's some great resources, listeners, as well. Just go to the website. I've got links on to all of the resources, but you'll find everything at danwalkerauthor.com forward slash resources. The badges, the packs, the photographs, the posters, everything is there. And not just for this book, for some of uh, these other titles and and uh, and perhaps forthcoming titles as well. You just don't know, but we're not mentioning that this evening. A couple of final questions from us. When uh, you are writing, do you concentrate on one story at a time or a few ideas concurrently how do you do that um i used to do one at a time uh mainly because i hadn't written many but what happens as an author at least in my case and is, is you write books and they tend to back up because you can often write books quicker than publishers can mm. publish them you know you can only you, you don't want a publisher an author bringing a book out every three months it just would take away from the fun of it so uh, after a while i started to have a couple of books in the back seat and then you sort of work on another book in the meantime you have an idea of how you could tweak your old one so then i might write the new one in the morning and then tweak the old one in the afternoon um and it does get a little bit confusing sometimes because you have mm. to jump between books and sometimes different age ranges as well. One or two of my books are young adult books, so they're slightly older. So you always have to keep in mind who you're writing for and what kind of words you might use, what kind of uh, things you might have in those books. But yeah, I try and I try and mix and match these days. It's fun to bounce around. It just keeps it nice and fresh and sort of entertaining. And yeah, it makes the working day more fun, I find brilliant absolutely brilliant as well uh folks uh, we've teamed up with the good people at the bookcase that's nottingham books for a click through buy link for you uh and you just go to the show page learnradio.net forward slash dan walker everything is there as well you click on there uh, and that'll take you through to the bookshop thank you so much Steve, because it was a real pleasure hooking up with i think it was jane there um, who very kindly provided uh, the link there as well just remembering that as well really good still uh, still some more time uh, folks if you want to get in contact uh, with us there's still some more time we are just seven minutes to six we like to squeeze every moment out of our talented authors bless them uh but uh dan's giving us a really good uh interview and we are thoroughly enjoying chatting to him as well be really good uh maria perhaps you take the next question uh that we've got down number 18 for us and uh, i'll take that one that was just perfect thank you Yes, thank you. I mean, I, I had. I'm, do you remember on the Crafty Cafe we had the builders at the weekend? I've just had the bin people. Just so I hope that wasn't too much of a. No, didn't know, hear it. Had you not mentioned it, we'd never have known. Hello, good oh, afternoon to all the good. bin operatives down there in London. <laughs> Hello, you're very welcome to our show. We're chatting to Dan Walker. <laughs> They've, they've just passed, so that, that's good. Just Didn't in case hear you've heard thing. anything. Didn't mention it. <laughs> Didn't hear a thing. So, so, Dan, I mean, I'm really interested about, you, you know, you are as a writer, you know, do you get into writing or how do you get into writing or how did you get into writing? You know, do you have any advice for young listeners who feel that they have a story just waiting to come out of them? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the, the first thing to say to anyone who wants to write books ever is to read books. It's literally impossible mm. to become a writer of books without reading lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of books. And I work in a school um, sometimes and I a lot of the kids that I've seen who do have a talent for creative writing are the ones that every time I turn away and look back at them, they've sneaked, sneaked a book up so they can kind of read it in the classroom, which isn't something I'm condoning at all, of course. But the reading is really important. So when you get home, doing that half an hour of reading before you go to bed, 20 minutes in the morning, if you can fit it in, basically whenever you can. And that taking back to when I was a kid was what I would do if I was um, in a car ride with my mom and we were going to, to the supermarket I would be reading my book in the car in fact when I was walking down the street to play football with my mates I would be walking along the street reading a book as I walked and hopefully not bumping into too many people um, so reading is hugely important and that's what I did I read uh, everything I could get my hands on when I was a kid and then when I was a teenager then I went to university uh, started working at a bookshop and read even more um, studied English at uni so I was reading plays and books and everything and it was around that time that I first thought about 
hang on a minute, I would quite like to have a go at writing a story myself. So I hadn't really done it much before, which is a bit odd. A lot of um, authors who end up becoming published are actually writing stories when they're five, six, seven years old, but it wasn't the case for me. Um, and so I did. I, I started writing a couple of adult stories and they were okay. And I was trying to get an agent, which is what you have to do to get published. You have to get an agent and get a publisher, etc. I got pretty close with that, but it was only when I, um, I read a couple of books i read philip reeves mortal engines which was mm. really cool i enjoyed that book and uh another philip philip pullman's um northern lights and mm. i kind of read those books quite uh, close together and i thought to myself do you know what actually i think this might be a better fit for me um and so i i started uh, what would become later on sky thieves which took me ages to write i was writing it on pen and paper at that time and i did a bit and then stopped a bit and did a bit um and it was it that was the book that eventually sort of got published for me and got me started so it was quite a long journey um but yeah the best the best advice i can give to young people is to be reading books and it's not just books you know i always i always say this in schools uh, movies are full of stories as well and computer mm. games are full of stories these days but if you want to be a writer of stories in in books then you need to be reading absolutely tons and the benefit of reading as well um it's not just it'll help you become a writer if you want to it has hundreds of other benefits such as teaching you empathy and um you literally yeah. get cleverer just from reading books so it's kind of a two for one that um and and the the other big thing i always say about people who want to write is when you're reading those books um you it's such a brilliant form of escapism we've all just had a tough year with coronavirus and being stuck around at home but you know and, and you can run out of tv and it can get boring sitting in front of the the box and playing games and stuff but that's not the case with books you've got just hundreds of books if you can get down to a library um or if you can even go online these days and find those books just on on uh, on different websites so if you can get those books you can it's such a cliche every author says this but you can literally go wherever you want you can go mm. into a fantasy world you can go to the other side of the the the, the uh, planet you can go into space um so there's so much good to reading books and yeah if you want to be an author get yourself reading every day mm. a lot absolutely and audiobooks as well i'm a big oh, fan yeah. of audiobooks yeah. even as an adult because i don't have anybody to read me a story at bedtime yeah. so i listen to audiobooks and i read it at the same time it does take me longer but it's listening Definitely. to the voices and what i love about this book club is because it's you know when you've read a book you know the characters the first thing you want to do is to talk to other people mm. about it so you know i was able to say to russell oh my goodness this happened and i'm here oh i'm on page of that right well i won't tell you anymore i mean it's just a fabulous journey isn't it russell it's absolutely loved it as well um thoroughly enjoying this we're just coming towards the end of the show folks just time to mention casey's uh, remark Ooh, george ermos uh, she says uh, also did the artwork for the mort or the week and the raven's revenge brilliant so you had that question there answered go. there that's not bad at all because there's no uh, indication of that so it was a really good question casey thanks so much indeed uh, dan we have loved you thank you so much indeed the in-depth answers you've given us your commitment uh, to young people's reading is just amazing uh, thank you so much indeed we've thoroughly enjoyed it haven't we maria oh it's been it's been and i would say it being a pleasure but it's been a joy an absolute oh. joy to, to just you know to read your book and now to actually speak to you in person i mean it's just been wonderful thank, thank you so thanks much for having me. It's, it's really cool to talk to people about books we should all be doing yeah. it as much as we can mm -hmm. so yeah it's a good we're thing. doing what we can here i have to say we really really did the book is recommended for nine to twelve year olds uh, folks as well but i think uh, folks many times that age like me thoroughly enjoyed it's published by uclan we love them it's weighing in at 322 pages quite a monumental read it's not a, a quick read it's going to take you a little while to do that but it is compelling as well and it's been measured for nine to twelve year olds you can kind of take that guidance with it but i think you're okay with it there is a little bit of themes in there that you might not want to go down too low before uh, nine but i think kind of you just need to judge that colleagues you just need to judge that with your appropriate if you've got a, an active or a, an advanced reader i think that might be a little uh, a little okay for them as well but thank you so much indeed great cross-curricular opportunities here as well Marie, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Some outdoor learning opportunities, mm. I think, here as well. You know, get some archery involved, you know, do something outside. Absolutely fabulous. Love it. Absolutely love it. Folks, that's really all we've got time for. Join us next week where we've got the fabulous Stephen Lenton, author and illustrator. We can ask him some more questions about drawing front covers on books. Thoroughly in, uh, looking forward to those at learnradio.net forward slash Stephen Lenton. You'll find his page already up. Thoroughly looking forward to that as well. Uh, don't forget the buy click through link 
link on the page here and I hope you enjoy that and good luck reading and we will catch you tomorrow at 8 o'clock for our Educators CPD live show until then it's goodbye from her and it's goodbye from him That's the end of our live studio broadcast for the moment. 